Mr. Pop. Dark. And the little birds are nasty, and I listen to them too. There's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today, we're going to take a look at the player cards in the newest Mythos pack, The Point of No Return. This is it. After we talk about these cards, we can never go back to the way it was before we talked about these cards. This is The Point of No Return. You can like insert a inception tone there or something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to insert something. I'm not really sure. Maybe I'll put in like kind of a goofy sound effect, like kind of subvert it a little bit. What about like Sylvester Stallone screaming incoherently in Cliffhanger? Be kind of appropriate. Uh, I was thinking, what about like Looney Tunes? What about like kind of like a slide whistle sound or something like that? <laughs> I feel like that could really. I don't know. It's it's going to be another episode where we talk about cards. <laughs> Hooray! I, I did not proofread this intro because the there's no the in the pack names. Just point of no return. We misled everybody. Uh, before this gets any any crazier, let's uh, let's just jump right into these cards. Uh, our first card is a guardian event, level two, cost zero, has a willpower, a combat, and an agility icon on it. Uh, it's called heroic rescue. I believe this is an upgraded version of a level zero card. Is that right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a spirit and a tactic. Fast. Play when a non-elite enemy would attack another investigator at your location or a connecting location. Move to that location if you are not already there. Engage that enemy and resolve its attack against you instead. Then deal it one damage. So does anybody actually remember what the original Heroic Rescue did so that we can compare them? Sure do. Uh, I was looking at it because I was looking into building a Calvin deck. As it is a spirit card, so it can go into Calvin decks. Can they... Okay, we obviously just did an episode about this, which was very fun, but at what point do we just ask them to spin off Calvin to an entirely separate LCG with an entirely separate (laughs) pool of cards? Calvin Calvin Wright, the newest dynasty person in L5R, the card game. (laughs) Yeah, the the Calvin dynasty. Because we are... I I don't mean like an existing LCG, I mean just like Calvin the living card game. Because we're (laughs) rapidly approaching like 10% of all cards in this game being pretty (laughs) (laughs) Calvin-focused. That is true. Because it's about one a pack, right? That is true, yeah, yeah. He just slaps spirit on something randomly, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So the original uh, Heroic Rescue, um, I believe it costed one. And uh, it did not have an agility icon on it, so it committed for only will and combat. And it was only at your location, so you had to be at the same location as somebody else. This one changes it so that you can be in a connecting location, and it also costs zero. Okay. uh, Which means that Dark Horse Tommy can play it is is really what the the niche pocket case is here yeah i mean there's there's tommy there's also like mark likes taking damage and obviously calvin i think it could be fun in those decks it's just kind of you know it does kind of like scoot you over to somebody that maybe needs help yeah and i mean if you think about it kind of as like a gateway diana card like a gateway drug diana card (laughs) it could be like used to get engaged with and have an attack resolve against you as diana so you can cancel it with dodge or something that sounds not great. I mean, it's also... I, I'm on a limb here. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think uh, like a, a tentacled limb. Um, so I, I think like if the enemy is a hunter, then maybe it just moved on to them and you kind of like couldn't get there in time to get in the way of it. So this lets you make it. So that's cool. But if it's not a hunter, 
you kind of didn't really want it to be on them during investigator phase anyway, because it means that they were like trying to evade it or something like, like if things are going reasonably well as a guardian, you're hopefully keeping the enemies under control a little bit better and you don't really need this. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking at it for like raw potential, you're saying that at its best, you can take like almost two and a half actions, right? That you can do like engage an enemy, uh, which takes an action, move to a location and deal it one damage, which is kind of like it half an action for somebody who wants to be dealing damage anyways. So you can look at it as like two and a half actions that way. But if you're comparing it to something like, well, if you're saying an argument for it being that it can move you to a location, it's kind of like the difference between shortcut and not quick thinking. What's the the green card that moves you when a thing spawns on your location? Uh, I don't even know what that card is. But I, I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, so, you know, Mark, for instance, can play either this or shortcut. You'd probably rather play shortcut, right? Right, right. Because also in solo, this is just dead, right? Like, yeah. So while shortcut can move you anywhere fast, uh, this somebody needs to be in dire straits. I think this is kind of fun. If you have extra XP and a couple extra slots in your deck, I wouldn't hate playing one of these, but it just seems kind of low impact. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the uh, the Guardian Ball with uh, Safeguard. I think it would be kind of fun for everybody to take <laughs> eight of these and take turns engaging monster and beating it with for one damage. Yeah, because you could you could do dumb stuff like you could play it during someone else's investigator phase if they like provoke an ammo. Yeah, something like that. Uh, anything else about Heroic Rescue, or should we move on to the next card? No, just Calvin or Tommy. That's about it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Calvin or Tommy, <laughs> right, move on. on. On we go. <laughs> so the next card is Leadership. Uh, it is another returning card. It is a level two skill card. It commits for one wild symbol. And it's a practiced card. While leadership is committed to a skill test being performed by another investigator, leadership gains a will symbol and another wild symbol. If this test is successful, uh, gain two resources. If leadership is committed to a skill test being performed by another investigator, that investigator also gains two resources. So this is different from the original, not necessarily in that it gives a bonus for committing it to other people, because that bonus is exactly the same. They both commit for an extra will and a wild icon. It's just, it's just the money part that's different, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty big. That's kind of a really good thing if your whole party is based on Will. Um, like, I could see this if you are a... If you're a Mark or a Tommy who is literally in a team full of mystics. That might be an interesting pick for, like, a one-of. It's a courage committed to somebody else, regardless of whether it's a will test or not. It's just a little bit better if it's a will test. That is true. You commit it to a test, you probably succeed if you're committing this many extra symbols, and you give it to somebody else, you get two resources, they get two resources. It seems pretty solid. It's four money split up. Yeah. Especially in, like, Circle Undone, where, like, every encounter card is a will treachery. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a worst-case scenario, you can commit it to yourself uh, and get two money from you committing a test, but it's just a lot better if you commit to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I think when we go back to return to Circle Undone, with all guardian team we should definitely take all leaderships and <laughs> we could we could all have uh stand togethers and we'll just be like the richest bunch of guardians in the world that, that's the thing like guardians are usually pretty short on money and this is a way to get money where you don't actually even have to spend actions on it which is also yeah. nice because yeah. your actions are often spent reloading your gun or running across the map to kill something like I, th this doesn't like blow me away with like wow this is amazing but i think it's at least kind of 
worth checking out just because you know potentially does give four resources total and is like a courage that you commit to somebody else that's not bad yeah cost two xp uh which means it's not just guardians that have access to it other people all the splash classes can get it too yeah not sure if any of them particularly want it more than anyone else maybe skids uh because he likes having lots of money so help with him with that build i still like definitely would not play the level zero version of this and the level two version would have to get in line behind like stand together and like upgraded beat cop and a lot of other guardian cards. But if I eventually had the XP, I think it might be kind of cool to have one of these in your deck. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I recently kind of came across a making a fun Joe deck where he takes all the practice skills. So that would be like two vicious blows, two deductions, two overpowers, two uh, perceptions. And um, I was looking into the other practice cards and guardians actually do have a lot of practice cards they do have like take the initiative is another practice card that they can use and this actually also fits into that brew too um i'm going to be starting a return to carcosa with uh some friends doing um i think it's diana and carolyn and joe um and i'm going to be doing this practice build so i was actually kind of delighted to see this upgrade to leadership because it's actually pretty cool when paired with diana and carolyn doing a bunch of will stuff so and even again like you were saying it's at least a courage. You think you're like comboing it with like practice makes perfect as a practice card? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely helps out buffing up that card a little bit just to have more options. So yeah, and and I think Joe is a pretty reasonable uh, character to try to make that kind of deck in because he does have access to a lot of pretty good practice skills. So yeah, it's also definitely possible that they'll be like investigating the future. That's like some of their deck building is you know practice cards level zero to whatever maybe this will be a good option for them too maybe they'll invent a new uh investigator called practiced paul the practicer and he'll just he'll just all of his cards will be practiced they, they probably won't do that but I'm, I'm just saying it's possible we should move on though so actually look at the next three cards because these are all upgrades of the dream diary Ooh. um the untranslated dream diary finally it's here we saw the original Dream Diary in the first Mythos pack, The Search for Gadath. It's another in the series of unidentified cards where you don't know what the upgraded version does until a later pack, and you have to do something as like a side quest during an early scenario to upgrade it. So the original Dream Diary was just a cost two hand asset. It had an action to let you add a bonded card to your hand called Essence of the Dream, which is effectively a courage. It has two wild icons to commit. And then every time it would go in your discard pile or get shuffled in your deck, instead it goes back into your bonded cards. So it's like a reoccurring courage. So these three upgraded cards, I'll just read one of them because they all are basically the same. So the first one, Dreams of the Explorer, has a will icon on it. Uh, agility icon, it's a cost two asset and cost three experience. It's an item, a tome, and a charm. Uh, you can only put it in your deck if you have done the quest for Dream Diary uh, by interpreting the dreams. Uh, and then it has a reaction. When your turn begins, search your bonded cards for Essence of the Dream and add it to your hand. It takes up a hand slot. And then its special thing is, while you're at a location with at least four Shroud, your Essence of the Dream gains two additional will icons. And then the other two cards, Dreams of a Madman, uh, very similar. Its special thing is, while you're engaged with an enemy, your Essence of the Dream gains two will icons. And the last one, Dreams of the Child, if you have at least eight cards in your hand, your Essence of the Dream gains two icons. So uh, to summarize, all three of them are each turn, beginning of the turn, you get the Essence of the Dream back in your hand, and if you meet a certain condition, it becomes a a four wild icon card instead of a two wild icon card. Some would say that's a lot of icons. Yeah, 
So uh, this seems like pretty solid. Without looking at the special bonus, getting a courage out of your hand every turn seems good, right? Dan looks skeptical. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, I get so angry sometimes looking at this because I want it to be better in Mandy than it is. <laughs> I mean, not Mandy, I'm sorry. Daisy? Da- there we go. The other the other scared book lady. I, I was, I was going to say, Mandy, does, Mandy doesn't really need the help. But uh, no, no, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the, the raw power level is pretty good. I'm kind of trying to think of, like, who actually really wants to play this. I think that Mandy, it, it doesn't really do searching stuff. And she already has five in, so I'm not really sure Mandy really wants it. Daisy, uh, because it doesn't have, like, it's not a way to use her ability, I'm not sure if she really wants it. I think actually Min is, like, maybe the best possible case for this. I think so, too. Min already has a lot of competition for her hand slots, but having one of these out might help her easily get rid of her weakness. And obviously she can commit it to other people and be like, oh, here's a three will I- or a three wild icon every turn. The other thing that I think this would be really good in would be the, um, the like, always succeed by two Rex deck that we mentioned a little bit a couple episodes ago. Oh, because yeah. so the one where um, location with at least four shroud, I mean, you well, you'd, you'd, whatever you'd either pick that one. I, I think what's weird is these are all like pretty similar. Like I think probably either explorer or child are the ones that you're going to pick most of the time. And the specific one is going to depend on like how many cards you think you can draw versus how high you expect shrouds to be. Or if you're playing like drawing thin and stuff like, like min with drawing thin probably could play either of these. But I think that the Rex deck where you're trying to succeed by like 10 and get like six clues Having just like a courage like every turn that you can commit along with other stuff is pretty good. Or a super courage in some of those harder. Yeah, like like places. if you yeah. The conditional effect is like pretty conditional. Like not there's not a lot of places that are forced shroud. You're probably not camping out there a lot. There's definitely some scenarios where that is the case, but it's kinda of hard to rely on that. Yeah. You yeah. don't really want to be engaged with the enemy. I guess that would help you escape. That's why I was thinking it would be really good with drawing thin for Min, because like suppose the place has two shroud, you drawing thin it up to four, you commit this, and like it's actually easier to pass, or it, it's like net zero, but you basically get the drawing thin for free, right? Uh, I don't think drawing thin increases the shroud though; it increases the difficulty of the test. Oh, difficulty of the oh, test. Oh, no, so right. That would yeah, help. Right. Huh. Yeah. yeah, that makes it less cool. There are some things that increase the shroud, I think, but it's like. I mean, at the, at the very least, it helps you get rid of uh, Shrouded Mists or whatever, that encounter card, right? Obscuring Fog. Yeah, yeah. Obscuring Fog. Yeah. Like, it just, if you have this, you just, like, don't even care about that at all. The thing is, with this, I think if you had, um, like, because the, the conditional effect is, like, so, it's, like, really hard to build around that, I think, except maybe the eight cards one. For Min, that's not too like, difficult, right? Yeah, but for everyone else, if you want to take this, like, this is, like, a very prime candidate for getting, um... Oh, Shoot, shoot Analysis? Yeah, Shoot Analysis that lets you, like, upgrade them both for the cost of one because i think if you're getting this it's really like oh i want the courage every turn added to my hand rather than worrying about getting the four wild wild icons that's a really good point is shrewd analysis free or does that cost xp it is free okay it's level zero yeah yeah that's yeah that's a good idea if you're well if you're only taking this and if you're not upgrading other things or if you already have upgraded your other uh seeker discovery items then yeah probably get shrewd analysis yeah, the the one thing that I I guess for some reason I was overlooking was that I didn't I thought that this was unique and it's definitely not. So you can have two of these out, I think, right? And then you can get two unexpected courages every turn. Oh wow! Uh, well, the game only comes with one copy of Essence of the Dream. <laughs> so <laughs> is that really is how this that really works? one of those things where if you buy two copies of it, you legally can get two? As the rules are written right now, <laughs> yes. I I think that's probably not the intent of how it's supposed to work, but uh, it hasn't really been clarified. 
but so. but remember, if you're going to foil out your deck, you have to get both foils or both non-foils because you don't want it to be like, uh, yeah, no. But oh, well, and so one last thing because one thing we're kind of discovering is like this is pretty powerful, but man, taking up a hand slot for seekers is like pretty difficult. Yeah. yeah. Would you play this in Ursula with the engage with an enemy one in like a solo Ursula build just so you could like always evade stuff? Hmm. That would be pretty cool. Or or like Bo Ursula or something like because I'm trying to think of who would want the engage with an enemy one, the Diary of a Madman or Dreams of a Madman. I think like Ursula and like maybe because Joe just can't spare the hand slot, I think. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah, I guess Lola could take this. But... I mean, I guess I guess you're getting uh, Melteroni, so you don't really need your weapon to be in a hand no. slot. Yeah. Well, because I guess like, is this, so, so let me think about it this way. If you're thinking, I really need magnifying glasses to be able to reliably get clues. Do you play this instead? And you're like, it's better than a magnifying glass, like once per turn. And then it's like worse the rest of the time. Yeah. Lower player counts. That might be okay. Cause you're not, maybe not spending every action investigating. So maybe you get like one action in, in solo, this could be pretty solid just cause you might be engaged with the enemy, use it to evade or fight it. Yeah, I think so too. It shores up his weakness, his, his really bad uh, agility and uh, will. One last thing, getting back to the subject of like what happens if you do own two copies of Essence of the Dream, it doesn't like say that you have to remove it from your hand at the end of your turn or anything, right? <laughs> so like if you don't use it the first turn, you could like stack up a couple of Uh-oh. these. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, so there, there must goes be and buys like ten packs of Search for Kadath. I mean, there must be some kind of, but there must be some kind of loot because if you had two of these out and you owned eight copies of essence of a dream <laughs> could you just get two per turn and just keep there must they're gonna errata it right is the the, the answer I to this question i assume there's gonna be an faq that like clarifies how bonded cards work <laughs> but like as again as of now it, there's nothing that says you can't just have extra copies of bonded cards pause this episode immediately get on your bike and ride to your local game store and uh buy as many copies of search for kadath as they have that's uh that's, that's what you have get to do. them yeah. all so that you can have all of the essence of the dreams yeah. all the ethan patrick harris art but no i it seems like a good card i think it's difficult because a lot of invest a lot of seekers really need their hand slots or they they just don't need this quite badly enough for it to fit into a deck but at least a few that we've discussed i think there's like a very real possibility that this could be pretty cool so let's move on to the road cards yeah let's do it our first road card is called haste it is an asset Cost three, level two, has one agility icon on it. Uh, the art is a man with, I'm going to say, six arms? Maybe more. We'll, we'll have to do a full arm count later. Uh, it's a ritual. Limit one per investigator. After you perform the same type of action twice in a row, exhaust haste, take another action of that type again. Types include activate, engage, uh, evade, fight, investigate, move, play, resource, and draw. And it takes up an arcane slot. Uh, interesting. So it's it's kind of like a cyber butler. Only instead, it's like a magician guy. Is that is that correct? I mean, it even has a likeness to the Vitruvian man. Mm. It has no cyberness to it. It's got a guy doing magic, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Who is this guy? Even I think I think what we're saying is that he just has this kind of like aura to him, where he reminds us of a certain robotic uh, butler. Is all I'm saying. I mean, he kind of looks like yeah. uh, kind of looks like a butler named Jeeves or something. That's but, yeah, that's uh, what we're thinking old, of. Old search yeah. engine before Google. That's right. Uh, but it is just extra Drake on there. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's considerably less cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, this card is pretty great. It seems really cool. It kind of fits in the like um, double double of like being very uh being like powerful but in like kind of like a weird way you know yeah rogues definitely have a really weird uh magic 
niche that I can't quite explain, but I think could be incredibly powerful. Like double, double, obviously like doubling any event and getting double value out of any one of your cards is absolutely insane. Eight experience is rough, but haste giving you like, I don't know, even like uh, Leo Anderson or Tony Morgan who are fighting some huge beasts and you just fight, fight, get an additional fight and then fight again. And because you're Tony, you get another fight. Activate your Derringers, get more fights, throw in some quick thinkings, get more fights. Suddenly, you're erasing this space-time continuum. Like, I think that even if you only have three actions, I think that fairly often you're going to be able to trigger this. But if you have uh, Leo DeLuca out, if you have, uh, if you're playing Skids, like, there's just so many ways to get extra actions. If you have any of those, it's just even more likely you're going to be able to trigger this. And at the very least, like, you know, spend two actions to draw two cards and then get a free third card or something. Even just move, move, trigger, free move is fantastic. <laughs> right, yeah. That's like, you know, that's that's essentially like having a shortcut or something. Like on, on Well, I mean, unless it's like the place I need to go is exactly two spaces away, then you're very sad, but... Sure, sure. It is, and the arcane slot for most green characters, who cares? I guess Safina's kind of sad that this takes up an arcane slot, right? Eh, depends on how she's building, but yeah. She's mainly playing events, though, anyway. Yeah, I guess. I mean, this competes with, um, Suggestion? Is that the only other green spell? Or Arcane Slot? And Double Double? Double Double's an Arcane, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, like, not much competition right now in green. So, if you're not, like, already a Mystic subclass, like, this is like, oh, free use of that slot I usually don't use. Right, yeah. Just like, like, Larry Anderson loves this. Doesn't cost that much experience, especially for Rogue that uh has usually has extra experience floating around so i i think the things that you know obviously things like fight investigate move resource draw play like there's a lot of these things where it's pretty clear what they do and if you lay out your turn properly a lot of times you'll be able to get three for the price of two basically look at a activate though so like if you're going to activate something twice you can get a third activation without spending an, an action do you have to activate the same asset twice, or can you activate two different assets? Yeah, the activate action, uh, like most activate actions are like also something else, like a fight or something. But like, I guess if it wasn't one of those other categories of thing, then that would work. Like you could use like a uh, two different activate actions that are generic activates. I think that'd be okay. But but is it possible that like fighting? If I activate a forty five to fight something, that is both a fight action and an activate action, right? Uh, I feel like it's just a fight action, but it could be both. I, don't know. I, I mean, I I agree it's weird, and I don't think that they really have have mapped this out for us. But it, I really don't see how it isn't considered both. Like it would have to be, right? Well, I thought that anything with the arrow is an activate action. That opens up things a lot, because then suppose you have something that you want to... Suppose I don't know why you'd have this particular combo, but suppose you have, like, Old Book of Lore and a weapon. And in one turn, you, like, activate your Old Book of Lore, and then you activate your weapon to fight something. I think you would then get another action that you could activate the weapon again. Possibly. I was thinking about that, like, with lockpicks or something, but since they th since they both... Like, if you lockpicked with your first lockpick, lockpick with your second lockpick, you couldn't get another lockpick because they both exhaust themselves, right? But I think you could activate something else, or I think in that case you could just do a plain investigate because you investigated twice. Oh. So I I, I think that this is templated weirdly, Judge. and I think that they will probably need to clarify this in an FAQ, and I'm curious to see what Ben has to say about it after maybe taking a few minutes to ponder in his meditation cave. But <laughs> I, 
I, I mean, I kind of feel like the way it's worded, I think it's kind of clear. Like, if they just left Activate off of this, I, I think it would be a lot... It would still be a good card, but it would be less potentially incredibly good, and it would be a lot easier to understand what it does. This is probably, like, spelled out very clear somewhere that we just aren't seeing right now, and <laughs> this is all going to be very irrelevant. I'm, you, you, have a, you have a lot of faith. <laughs> Dan in, is like, right that the Activate yeah. action is triggering an ability with the error on it, and then there's also, like, the, some of those abilities also have action designators like fight or evade or whatever so they count as those as well so it might count as both that makes it like way better uh if that's the case i mean it's already good there's a lot of assets that have activation things on them right yeah yeah i mean like this is this is like fantastic as it is right like investigators like finn and tony just get that much better like finn being able to just like investigate four times in a turn and have a free dodge in case he has, like, you know, he, he gets into a kerfuffle. He's, like, even better off. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with yes, so that that works. It's my, my official, like, someone can tell me if I'm wrong. Yay. Listener, if it turns out Ben is wrong, he's going to make us, like, we record this entire chunk of the episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I went into this thinking, like, this seems like a very fun card that is also pretty good. And then I noticed the activate thing, and now I think that this might be a very fun card that is also fucking broken as shit. So let's <laughs> so let's stay tuned and see how this goes. Also, just yeah, if you're just playing like Tony with Leo DeLuca, you're just gonna trigger this literally every turn. Like you're just gonna it's just gonna be another Leo. You're just gonna have another action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty busted. Absolutely. Yeah. Yo, it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's so good. One last question. Do you have to activate it immediately after the second of two actions? Or can you like investigate twice, then move, yes. then activate this, and then do, get a third investigate? No, you have to do it immediately after. Okay. Because that's otherwise you miss the triggering window. Okay, but if I investigate, then investigate, then investigate a third time, I can trigger it after the third investigate because I just did a second one. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It doesn't have to be the first two times. So you could do four investigates and trigger it off the third time. It might be it might be time to actually figure out what character I can play that would get to play this card, because it seems it seems <laughs> that much fun that even I might need to play a green character. Like, just like play Finn. Yeah. And like Oh wait, Wendy can play this. Oh, she can. <laughs> oh, yeah, she can. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Not that she needs it at uh, all. Dan doesn't have to expand his repertoire of four characters he likes to play. Great. I'm really, I'm really oh. excited to play Wendy and like reload the bow, shoot, reload the bow, trigger this, shoot, uh, reload it. Well, I guess that doesn't work. <laughs> but it's activating, right? Like both reloading and shooting the bow are activations. See, that's an example of what I'm talking about. This shit is crazy. Yeah. This shit is yep. off the hook. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right. Check back in in about like a month and a half when we do an entire episode about this card and how it's like warping the entire game or something. Uh, or, or not, you know? <laughs> or Matt will just like kind of stealthily come on Discord and be like, hey guys, it's actually not that good. Oh, what's that? Oh, uh, Matt's actually just knocking on my door right now. He just uh, he just poked his head in to say, uh, yeah, they're about to get out of this card like tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah. for now, though, because they're going to have to do something about this maybe anyway, uh, or we should at least try it before we get too hyperbolic about it. Let's let's move on to the next card. So the next rogue card is called Daredevil. It is a far less exciting uh, rogue skill card. Uh, level two commits for a wild symbol. It is a fortune and it is practiced. After you commit Daredevil to a skill test, reveal cards from the top of your deck until you reveal a rogue skill icon that you can commit to this test. Commit it. Shuffle each other revealed card back into your deck. I I saw the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie in theaters. <laughs> I did too, actually, back in the day. <laughs> there's a much better TV show on Netflix, but... I like the art. I like that there's a plane in it. I pretty much always like any art that features like a 1920s biplane. Like, it's really hard to go wrong with that. So, 
I was thinking on this as a best case scenario. They have like a small little like rogue deck that has a lot of good skill icons that are events. So like all of the favors generally all have two skill icons on each of them. They have some really good. I need to stop you, Dane. This only lets you pick up. Uh... Oh, never mind. I'm wrong. Continue. Fuck. I'm the asshole here. Continue, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, can I? Uh, okay. Can I take my turn to interject and stop, Dane? There is no universe where this card is worth two XP. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. It's just not. It's just not possible. There's too many other green things that cost XP that are way better. This is like this is not good at all. Wait, no, I was right the first time. Yeah, it's only rogue skills that you can commit, so events won't help you with this. Oh, okay. Okay. I doubted myself in my ability to read. Dane, I thought you were going to do a thing where you, like, the only skills in your deck are all-in or something, and you, like, find your all-ins really fast, but that's still not nearly good enough. Mm. No, see, the issue with that, though, is that first you're spending either two or four experience to put this in your deck. If you spend four experience to put this in your deck, there's a possibility that you're going to run into the other Daredevil, right? And then that's going to do the same thing that this does. And then it's going to find something else, another rogue seal card. So I guess in that case, you might, so it might be like something like combo-y, like, like exactly like only having two rogue seal cards, which are all in, right? So that's the thing I was thinking is like, if you're playing an all in combo deck where you just need to find all in as soon as possible, that's the only case where I could imagine playing this. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes more sense anyway than like putting quick thinkings and double or nothing. So. Well, yeah, or or your quick thinking. Like maybe you play two of these and like one, two quick thinkings and two all ins, and you know maybe we'll, we'll have to we'll talk to Super Keith. We'll see if he's excited about this card. But <laughs> other than that, if you're not trying to do some kind of degenerate infinite or pseudo infinite thing, just absolutely don't play this card. <laughs> yeah, it seems hard to make it work. It's interesting if you're consistently trying to get over like the the succeed by kind of a thing because. At first glance, I didn't I didn't think about the fact that one Daredevil could find the other Daredevil, which could find something else. So, like, they kind of lead into each other. But, I mean, this still only happens once, and then they go in your discard pile, and then just rot. <laughs> like, it is effectively drawing a card for you and then immediately committing it. That is true. Yeah, but this costs a card. Right, and and the only thing the only thing that this gets you over just like playing a, another random skill card instead of it is that it adds at one question mark. Yeah. When I first saw this, I thought that maybe it at least like popped the committed card that you find into your hand afterwards, so you get to commit it again, kind of like um the practice thing, practice makes perfect or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't do that. So yeah, uh, it seems hard to make use of. I like that they're adding at least some upgraded skills to the game because there hasn't been too many of those. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see, especially in like red and green. I'd love to see some more like cool upgraded skill cards. But this this is not it. I don't think. Well, it sounds like we're not too impressed with that. Yeah. Should we move on to another card that we're gonna have to stare at in a puzzled way while we try to figure out what to do with it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the new Mystic cards. Yes. Yeah. So um, we got another set of three cards here. That there's like one of each in the deck because it's a myriad card. Uh, again, all very similar. So it is an Power Self. Uh, it is a Mystic Asset, cost 3, level 2. It has uh, two skill icons on it. Uh, it's Myriad. You have a limit of one per deck of each version. It says, up to three Empower Self cards take up a single arcane slot. Anytime a card effect requires you to use Willpower instead of specified skill, you may ignore that aspect of the effect. Free trigger, exhaust, empower self. You get plus two of the specified skill for this test. And it takes up an arcane slot. It's also a ritual. So the, of the three versions, the stamina version, the specified skill is combat. The alacrity version, uh, specified skill is agility. And the acuity version, uh, specified skill is intellect. 
So this is a very confusing card because <laughs> most in a lot of ways mystics like stuff that lets them use their willpower because it's usually their best stat. Right. And if you're putting cards in your deck that let you use your willpower instead of the other skill, it's probably because you want to use your willpower. Yeah, like like if you if you play like sixth sense and this in your deck, they like literally do the exact opposite of each other. Which is which is normally not what you're looking for, right? I mean, oh, here's kind of what I'm thinking is you would only even consider using this if you were playing a Mystic that also had kind of like a secondary stat that they cared about. Like Safina could play this and maybe she would need to want to boost her agility sometimes if she wanted to backstab things. Um, and she just wouldn't use the first part where you can like ignore the will instead of agility thing. She would just use it for the plus two agility and there'd probably be better cards available for that. Or like Marie, you know, if you really want to with Marie, instead of just playing Sixth Sense like a normal person, you could play like Marie and actually try to like boost your intellect and get clues that way. And then again, you would probably just not use the, you know, the first part and you would just use the bonus that's plus two intellect. But this also costs three. That's a lot. Yeah, it's not fast either. Yeah, and and it takes up, I mean, you probably don't want all three of these. So the fact that like the three of them share an arcane slot doesn't really help a whole lot. The fact that it, it takes up an arcane slot to begin with is pretty difficult so is there anyone that's like off class that would somehow benefit from this so like you mentioned i think that investigators who care about a second skill that can that can play purple cards would want to play this i was thinking mainly like marie i think the saving grace of this card is that you don't necessarily even have to take all three of them uh, and i don't think you need you would honestly oh yeah you kind of want to like have it as a one of to help like boost and create like a consistency in your deck for example if you're like a marie and you're just going a lot of investigating stuff you might take in empower self acuity and just so that when you have your sixth sense out you might be able to like get that cool boost to your uh intellect which is already four or norman who has a five in intellect and four in will but that's the best i could do it can i do you you guys want me to fix these cards i think i can fix these cards so (laughs) instead of the anytime it requires you to use a will instead of combat or whatever instead of that empower self stamina should just say it should have a a lightning bolt ability which is when you are doing a fight action exhaust empower self you get plus two skill value for this test and then alacrity should be when you're doing an evade action exhaust it you get plus two skill value for this test and then acuity should be the same thing for investigate those would be very different cards, but because like that way, it's like you can you you would use stamina on your shivelings, and you would use alacrity on your suggestion or mists of Rila or whatever, and you would use acuity on your like right of seeking or or sixth sense, and they still wouldn't be great, but at least it would like kind of make sense for them to exist. Yeah, and I mean it's funny because even that, which sounds really good, yeah, these are kind of secondary to the spells that you're playing them with, right? Like you still need the spells firsthand. And then they, these are like kind of auxiliary. Yeah, it still takes up a spell slot that you don't have. And then each of them costs three right. to play, which is like, nobody's going to pay nine for the. Who can pay nine for these after playing for their other spells? There is also, I mean, these do work with the like read the bones and uh, what was the, the side blade thing? The new card where it's like an attack powered blade or something. Spectral Razor. Because the the new cards that are like they let you add your will to your your other stats. Those are great. You know, you don't use the first part, but you do benefit from the plus two, you know, combat or agility or whatever. This doesn't even help that though, right? Because it it's you can only use so it. The free trigger you can use whenever on any test. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's not actually as bad as I thought it was. But it's like awkward. I don't know. There might be some weird use case for these. Maybe like a future investigator that's a mystic will have low willpower. 
and they'll want to like somehow still use spells and like put these in their deck or something. It's just it's just so awkward to use these. Oh, maybe they'll have like a dark Calvin character. Like early Diana before she gets her will powered up, but she would rather just play lots of cancel cards and power it up faster, you know? Yeah, and like yeah. these cost experience to put in your deck. You can only have one of each. I don't know. I just think like bottom line, this in order to be worth three three resources, two XP, and a spell slot, this would have to be a lot better than it is. Yeah, I agree. I can't even dig for it with initiate because it's a ritual. Anyway. The art on it is cool. I like the lady on it. She's doing some type of crazy stuff. Getting strong. She's yeah, doing magical things. Those mystics. Yeah. yeah. Always into weird mystic stuff. Pretty much. Uh, let's talk about the other mystic card. So this is a three cost level three asset called Twyla Catherine Price. It has an intellect icon and an agility icon. It is an ally, an artist, and a dreamer. And it has a reaction. After you spend one or more charges from a spell asset, exhaust Twyla Catherine Price. Place one charge on that asset. And it has uh, one health and two sanity, and it takes up your ally slots. And it's unique. Uh, yep. Although it's got a name, right? So any anytime something's got a name, this seems cool, right? Yeah, it can give you like almost infinite charges on a asset, especially like it's like right of seeking. You use it like once a turn or something. It takes up the ally slot, but what else are Mystics using ally slots for? It's level three, so it's like Donna. Esperance. Are you missing Dan's very good friend, David Renfield? All right, Donna, uh, David Renfield, and Arcane Initiate for purple. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Mystics have a few decent allies, but none that really feels like it's kind of essential. So, there definitely is room for. I, I think this honestly is kind of better than most of the existing choices for Mystic allies, like, depending on. Really? I mean, depending on what kind of deck you're making, if, if you just want to, like, play Shriveling once and never need to play a second one. You know, play Right of Seeking once, never need to play a second one. But, like, you're still playing a second one, right? Because you're, you're playing, essentially, with this, you're playing a Shriveling that costs three, but takes up the ally slot instead of taking up the arcane slot. That's how I look at this. I mean, but I, I think a lot of times when you're playing a Mystic, it's always like, oh, I have one Shriveling charge left. Do I, like, play it over it and, like, waste a charge? Or do I, like, it costs so much money? I mean, because three is, like, cheaper than, like, upgraded Right of Seeking, right? Could you use this to, like, make it so you only have to have one copy of Upgraded Shriveling, one copy of Upgraded Red Seeking or something in your deck, and this somehow saves you experience? And you use the new, the tutor card that lets you find spells. So, yeah, I don't know if I would go that far, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I would definitely at least consider this just because it would be nice to not run out of charges of things, right? Yeah, but I mean, I guess, like, by the time that you're out of it anyways, like, especially for Kachi, you come in with five shriveling counters. If you're, if you're like, not done with shriveling things by the time that, you know, you've you've gone through five tri- shriveling charges, you've probably found your other shriveling already. Or have another way to deal with enemies, you know, etc. So I feel like this is just kind of redundant in a way that's a loss, because now you have that other new card that can find your other shriveling for you, um, the the tutor spell card. It's less good for Akachi, but I'm, I'm thinking of, like, the Agnes deck that I usually play. Like, you're definitely playing Peter, but then it's reasonable to, like, get a Charisma and play a second ally, probably. And it's like, you're, you're not really going to play Renfield, because you don't really need the money and you don't really need the will. And you're probably not going to play Diana because that's all that's also expensive and kind of complicated and clunky. Like, I think I'd probably rather play this. Maybe, you know, maybe with this, because you can actually just play like I'm Agnes and I'm I'm going to go full combat because I'm definitely not going to run out of shriveling charges. You know, I don't know. It's, it's something I want to try. Yeah, fair point. I like that it's here. I like that it definitely helps with you being able to manage your charges on things better. Uh, definitely still doesn't make that 
torn of power <laughs> card any better but but uh it, it definitely i mean it does seem like it's the kind of card that i feel like people have been like kind of hoping for for a while like you might be right that it's not as great as it seems at first glance but i think it's kind of cool it's better than like book of shadows right yeah and i mean we've come pretty far from other things that put charges back on things yeah yeah know. Uh, it seems like it's like a a good card but it's just like not exciting and there's like maybe other stuff that will push it out right so. yeah Survivor cards? Survivor cards. Survivor cards. I was expecting Dane to be like, Survivor cards! Survivor cards! Cancel out us being Survivor cards, but, you know. Survivor! So, I mean, (laughs) in this set, a lot of the Survivor cards have been pretty cool, right? Weirdly, the Guardian ones have been, like, the not great ones, except for Safeguard. Safeguard's incredible, and everybody should play that card as soon as they get it. But for now, we have a Glimmer of Hope. This is a level zero event, uh, costs one resource to play. It commits for one wild icon. It is blessed and a fortune, which means two things. Uh, <laughs> Mateo can play it, and Rex can't play it. Oh. It is a myriad card. A Glimmer of Hope can only be played from your discard pile. Add all copies of a Glimmer of Hope in your discard pile to your hand, including this copy. Meaning that you cannot play this card from your from your hand, so the only way that you can get rid of it is by committing it or shooing it away with, you know, to get your dog back up with Ashcan or cornered something like that and then it's basically like infinite recursion for people who like to use these things um so i'm thinking like wendy if she wants to pull keep repulling things out of the chaos bag min because she likes to have a huge hand now apparently that's her thing Ashcan or patrice who want to keep just constantly going through their cards and and you know getting more kind of accessibility from the discard pile yeah, and I mean, even more than that, so, like, once you get all three of them into your, like, like, you're thinking about it in terms of, like, just having access to a sheer number of cards if you want to keep your hand stacked, but once you get three of these in your discard pile, you can spend one action and one resource to just get a, like, triple question mark card, basically, to commit. I mean, you can't commit three all three at once to somebody else, but, like, if you're doing a test, you could, like, commit all three of these, then spend an action and a resource to get them all back, and then do it again. Yeah, and I mean, they even get better with, I think, Min, honestly, because you can play, I mean, she already adds a question mark to anything. Right. So this could be an unexpected courage. And if she's playing the Grizzly Totem that adds another icon, she can kind of do that in, you know, with some redundancy. So it's kind of cool in that respect. Um, And it also kind of gets her goal of now having a huge hand. Yeah, I, I guess the downside is it is taking up spots in your deck that could be like utility cards that have icons on them. You know, it could be things that, you know, maybe also have a mode where you can actually play them to do something or like a waylay. And it's like, oh, I can either commit it for agility or I can actually play it. So I I don't know. This is a really hard one to evaluate. I think the floor on how good it could be is like sort of low, but it's kind of like reliable. Like it's seems decent in like Wendy or in, um, yeah, anybody that wants to like discard cards to things. Maybe like would Patrice play this? Is this good in Patrice? Yeah, I was thinking Patrice because... Her hand gets dumped all the time. Eventually, she'll have all three in her discard, and then she needs an action to like effectively draw these three cards. And then she probably has cornered to like burn them away again, draw them back. Seems like it's pretty alright. Yeah, I think so too. I was also wondering if like Lola would maybe make use of this because Lola's deck like trashes her her cards all the time, depending what role she's in. Oh, she yeah. wouldn't care, so she could just switch the survivor when she wanted to use it, pull these out, and then do something with them. I don't know. No Lola expert, but I, I forget exactly how Patrice works. Can you arrange to, like, 
make sure that you pick up all three of these on your last turn before you cycle your deck and then make sure that you hold them in hand or something so that they don't get shuffled back in so that you just like always have them in your discard pile of your hand and they never go back in your deck. No. Her hand gets trashed. She doesn't like you to pick something to keep or anything. Okay. Oh yeah, because her hand would get trashed, then she would draw a new card and that's when she would shuffle her deck. Yeah. Unless you manage to like shovel your deck during your turn, which is, it's unlikely and it's probably not worth it, so... Seems cool. Give it a try in Patrice. See how good it is. I don't think it's going to like really make Patrice like massively better, but I think it's probably decent. Does that sound right? Yeah. I think it has some use cases. It's just you got to, you know, it's another card that you got to like consider with the rest of your deck to make it work. And if at some point in the future there's some kind of otherwise decent card that like makes events cost one less or gives you an extra action each turn to play events or something, then it gets really, really good, probably. Oh, yeah, we did mention Mateo can use it. Does he actually want to? I was kind of scratching my head on that one. I was like, uh... Who even knows? <laughs> what? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? What? I think, I think maybe not, but I don't know. Maybe there's a use case. Let's move on to the last card. Final card. Expeditious Retreat, which is, of course, a spell that uh, lets you take the dash action an additional time on your turn. That's pretty good for when you need to run away. Every every time we mention Netrunner, you roll your eyes, but you're allowed to talk about D&D. Is that how it is? <laughs> Well, D and D is a game, a living, strong game that many people play and enjoy. While you're talking about a game that like three people play still, that's locked in or something. <laughs> hey, man, they they had hey. a world championship in Rotterdam last year. Yeah, they did. Did D and D have a world championship in Rotterdam? No, it didn't. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess maybe shut up. <laughs> so anyway, this is Expeditious Retreat. It is a survivor skill card, uh, level one. Has one agility icon on it. Uh, it is innate and developed. Max one committed per skill test. While Expeditious Retreat is committed during a basic evade action, it gains two agility icons in the text. If this test is successful by two or more, you may automatically evade another enemy at your location. So this is the third card in a, what do we call it, a cycle collection of similar cards yeah. in this uh, campaign. With, um, brute Force and Sharp Vision, right? Right, where like it uh, has one icon on it, but when you commit it to a basic action, it gets two more of that icon and like some extra special text. Is it kind of an ongoing pattern that whenever there is such a cycle of cards, the like agility or evasion one is the one that is definitely worse? Well, the thing with this is like I feel like you're more likely to do a basic evade action than the other two, but the bonus effect on this is like not as great. And you're also you're not as likely to need to evade two things at once, and you're not as likely to build your whole like I feel like every time they make a cycle like this, it's usually the investigating getting clues one is the best, and then the fighting one is like the second best, and then the evading one is the worst. <laughs> by by a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By by like a lot, right? So like it's like deduction and vicious blow are great, but then I don't even know what the agility version of that is called. Or if there's <laughs> one. Like Intel Report is great and like uh, small favor is okay, and then decoy is like yeah, decoy is like okay, I guess, but you know. So it's interesting because they kind of went through a couple different phases with this effect. I think the original one that they had was that when you evade something, so so the the analog to vicious blow for survivors was commits for an agility, and when if you succeed, you get to move to a different location. So that was kind of better than this. Although I will admit that this is technically useful in the realm of the dream eaters because you have swarm creatures that you might need to evade more than one at at a certain point well if you have like two swarms on you or something yeah but i had like a lot of hope that the direction that they would go was not so much with this and the cycle from the forgotten age but there was a card that came out called belly of the beast which is just a 
one cost fast event that says when you evade something by two or more, you just get a clue. So I was really hoping that they would start using that effect with this because that would actually be kind of cool. Because then you can like do useful things while you're evading and be Finn, essentially. Like Finn, that's the reason why he feels so great because you have a free action to evade so you can take care of yourself and investigate it. So that would be a really nice thing to mix with this, but we just get mostly a dead effect. <laughs> I would have been pretty happy if this was like red slip away, where if you succeed by two or more, they stay evaded for an extra turn. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- this, I don't really think that this is worth playing. I like the art. It's like a haunted house, Luigi's Mansion kind of a deal. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And she's very clearly terrified and running away. There's definitely more scenarios where like you want to be able to have to evade more. Like obviously the Forgotten Age, you might have groups of, of things that you have to evade every turn. I don't know. Definitely harder to use than the other two. Yeah, definitely play Sharp Vision, uh, maybe play Brute Force, probably don't play this. If you can think of a use case for it, let us know, but it doesn't strike me as being useful enough to be worth putting in a deck. Would this somehow be good in Mandy, if she was a subclass survivor? No. <laughs> Alright. Nope. Let's play the outro music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we surely expeditiously retreated from that for sure. God, that even felt terrible to say. (laughs) (laughs) We should expeditiously retreat away from this card. This was a weird pack because I think we had like a couple of very, very good cards and then a lot that's like, what? What is this? Like, yeah. Daredevil strikes me as like the least good card that we've seen in a while, which just does like almost nothing. Yeah. A glimmer of hope as a card just kind of like encompasses this whole pack (laughs) in that it's like, okay, there's just like a little bit of little bit of good stuff in here but everything else is kind of like eh, yeah eh, probably won't be playing any of this it's just a lot of cards that like seem very hard to use or like awkward and the use case isn't really clear so haste though wow yeah he seems strong yeah haste might just be completely insane so we'll, we'll have to see but for now listeners how many cards will you have in your hand while playing min with dream enhancing serum no seriously what is the most cards that you can possibly have in your hand while playing as many myriad cards as possible. I want to know. Can you get your whole deck in your hand? Make sure to play a Reliquary Tower so you don't have to discard it all. Uh, What if you have your whole deck in your hand, and your deck is empty, and you have to draw a card? You just kill yourself? Yeah, you infinite loop, take horror forever. (laughs) Uh, No, no, uh, what happens is you you carefully stack a couple cards like all in in your discard pile, and then you combo off, and then you win. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Listeners, comment wherever you listen to podcasts. Or email us at comments at meor.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.